Welcome to You Wouldn't Believe Me If I Told You. Well, where are we going to start? I made a lot of vague promises in the description. Um, Let's just go through this outline I've got for you guys. I've got about 20 points on there. We'll see if I'm focused enough to even logistically, smoothly get you through 10 of them um, in less than half an hour to 45 minutes. So let's start it, okay? You wouldn't believe me if I told you that I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Not if you knew me, right? In August of 2021... I remember this night where I was in a chapel, in the hospital, I was having some health problems, I was really confused, I was really lost, doctors weren't sure what to do, all I knew is that when I went to the chapel, I thought to myself, I I don't know what happens next, right? And I remember it wasn't really a sincere prayer, or maybe it was, but I kind of just threw it out. To God as I kind of understood it, which is like just this, I don't know, this great, great kindness of the universe, whatever this was to me. And I just said, I don't think I'm done yet. I don't think I'm done yet. Turns out I wasn't, right? Still here, still kicking. A few weeks went by and I remember nothing had really changed yet. Everything was still normal-ish. I mean, I was still super sick. Uh, I I couldn't even breathe well enough, guys, to, like, hold a conversation. Um, Like, I couldn't use enough air to talk. That's how ill I was. And I went to the state fair with my family. Um, I was still only 25 at the time, and I had to get one of those carts, um, those little electric scooters, because I knew I couldn't walk um, through the whole thing. Um, and I remember I was just in a mood, right? And this day is just, bleh. and I love this day fair, but I wasn't feeling good. I'm embarrassed I have to deal with this cart, whatever. I'm frustrated. It is what it is. I'm 25. At least I'm still pushing myself to try to live life, right? Um, and at some point throughout the day, I noticed this message come in, just random message on Facebook, which is weird because honestly, I don't even usually notice them because they show up in this separate part of my messenger. But eventually I paid attention to it and there's this random kid and I remember I looked at his Facebook page, realized the only mutual friend we had was someone who was a promoter. Uh, Well, he wasn't a promoter. He's an artist. Okay. He's a rap artist I went to high school with and he was, does a bunch of promoting on his social media. Right. So if that's our only mutual friend, I'm sure he doesn't really know this guy. Okay. Because there's a small circle of us who really know this guy anyway. And I'm looking at it on his Facebook page. There it is, clear as day, guys. Missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I'm like, what is that? Okay. (laughs) Uh, As it would happen to turn out, mind you, guys, we're only on the first bullet point and I'm still yammering. So we'll see how this goes. Um, (laughs) But as it would turn out, um, I, I pieced it together that a few years prior, so back in like 20... 
I want to say 2016, early 2016, after I had left college for the first time. Yep, first time. <laughs> Not last time. First time I left college. Um, and I had this apartment in St. Paul. There was actually missionaries living in my building. Um, and I remember they came by once and they gave us like a little lesson, they call them. Um, and I don't really remember anything they taught me except for they mentioned something about some prophet, Joseph Smith or whatever. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but I mean, it wasn't a bad impression. They were nice guys. They helped carry things. Uh, I really think I literally never spoke to them again. Um, but it was fine, I guess. It was just that little tiny seed I would need much later. Just that little tiny bit of, oh yeah, it's these guys. They're harmless. Don't worry about it. Just that little piece of me needed that. Okay, because if you've met me in your life, you know that when I meet new people for the first time, <laughs> um, I'm not usually particularly friendly. I mean, I can be. Most of the time I am. But also at the same time, if you come at me head on, I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of stiffen and I get in this state where I, I need to figure out what you want, what you're after. You know, I, I can be easily threatened. Um, unfortunately for this kid who messaged me on Facebook out of the blue, I had no reason to react like that to him. I was just like, okay, and? I mean, I was kind of cold at first. The first conversation went something like, hey, and I was like, hi, and they're like, do you have a minute for a, me a message or something? What did he say? I don't know. I'll look it up for you guys another time, and I'll read you it verbatim, because to me, it's kind of hilarious how this unfolded, because I remember in the beginning, I was like, yeah. I don't really have time for this, but if you want to, like, send me messages, I'll, like, look at them occasionally. Like, I was really kind of a jerk, right? But, I mean, at the same time, I wasn't, okay? Because exactly two weeks later, after this first message that he had sent me, I did this video call with him and his companion. That's what it's called when you have two missionaries together. you got the missionary and the companion. They always stick together. We'll, I'll explain that some other time, okay? But I did this call with them, and they were telling me about the Book of Mormon, and I'm like, eh, skirt like and they're like well at least read it and I was kind of interested though because I was very fascinated by this I didn't know anything about this religion I didn't know anything about what was going on or like what what was in this book like I the last missionaries who had mentioned it I I know that it was in one ear and out the other like I don't know what this is I don't know why this is so special why this is so different than other Christians right and I'm very interested in this concept of like when I had went on a mission with my church, it's like a week, you know, of your summer or your spring break for you. Maybe a few weeks where you travel somewhere that's probably cool, right, to help the community, quote unquote. Like it's not this year and a half to two year commitment where you're who knows where doing who knows what, helping people who don't want to be helped. Like this concept of them being on a mission is so different, right? And I remember I got done with that lesson and they went uh, to dinner or something. Um, and the next time they sent me a message that evening, you guys, I had already read like 16 chapters of this book, which I mean, I eat books, so it's fine. But I was like, in it. Okay, guys, I was in it. I was like, what is happening? It was so different within the first 16 chapters that you would have thought that something in me might be like, okay, this is a lot to handle. No. Something inside me was like, I want to know more. Okay. So 
and I messed up the date on this because I wrote down the dates so I could try to, I bet you this one was the 24th. Okay, so I started reading the book. Of, okay, let me give you some dates here. On the 4th is when I got the message. Two weeks later in September, on the 21st is when I started reading the Book of Mormon. Mind you, I still hadn't met these people, okay? I was just interested, okay? I thought I was just interested, okay? And three days later is when I actually showed up to my first event. And I remember I intentionally came late. I was made sure to have ins and outs that I couldn't stay long, etc. Um... And I had an absolute blast with these kids. And I know I shouldn't call them kids because I wasn't that much older than them, right? They were like 19, 20, 21. A couple of them were like 23, whatever. I'm like 25, right? And I've been in education long enough that I started working with, well, I was a tutor even when I was in high school. So, but anyways, the point is I started working in education when I was like 20, right? So when I'm working with seniors in high school and they're like 18, there's this thing inside me that if you're more than a year younger than me, okay, I feel like we're on different levels. It's like this insane pride thing where it can be really hard for me to feel like we're the same, okay? Um, which is ridiculous because now I do have some friends who are younger than me and I adore them. But I had to get there, okay? So at this game night, we're doing these like weirdly docile games that I've never really even heard of, like... Well, I mean, it doesn't feel that docile when you're playing, I guess, but like spot it, you know, when those see it, smack it card games or I don't remember what else we played. Maybe it was categories or something. You guys, it was literally the plainest game night I had had in an eon. Okay. I come from the kind of family where when we're having a game night, it's probably something really grungy. Grungy is not the right word, but really a lot like cards against humanity or like a super intense round of never have I ever like, which is kind of my fault because I'm kind of the cheermeister I plan the games I used to not the point see Reed is off the outline we're gonna get back on it here we go okay so I'm at this game night and you would have thought I probably could have run for the hills but I guess I didn't um whatever it may be it was fine okay it was a Sunday night it was game night they they usually do um, a little lesson at the beginning of the games, but I'd come so late that I missed that, okay? So I still have not actually interacted with them on like a spiritual or religious level in person yet, okay? Literally the next weekend was um, General Conference of October of 2021. Um, and I remember they just kind of vaguely said like, hey, we do this conference thing where like we watch some leaders give these like spiritual talks would you like to watch? Um, and I think they thought like maybe I'd be interested like vaguely, like I might watch, like they could give me the link and I'd watch a little or I might come to their little event where they had like snacks and stuff and watch a little bit with them and then go back to my tests. What they didn't know about me at the time um, is I actually spent a lot of my younger years involved with things like 12-step programs and stuff for like we'll get to that another day too guys okay but like things like with recovery related things so like when you tell me we're doing a conference I have now cleared my weekend I am expecting a conference start to finish where I'm going to try to learn as much as I can um about how to better in my life and how to help others better theirs like that's what a conference is to me which is actually totally luckily what conference is in a sense like as well when you're dealing with these different general authorities giving these conference talks um 
I don't think anyone besides general authorities can give conference talks. I should have looked that up. But remember, I said we're not fact-checking anything. We're just talking. Okay, I'm telling you my stories because I have so many. Okay? So in the middle of this general conference thing, right? Um, and, I, and I think they had vaguely mentioned it before. They're like, when it's the prophet, you feel it. Okay, the prophet is the leader of the church, the president of the church. Uh, he doesn't decide everything, right? But he's the person we look to, right? When you're talking about the prophet. And, you know, the others in the quorum and the... Oh, I won't get into it, okay? But this is like... I don't want to say head honcho because this is the church of Jesus Christ. This isn't the church of the prophet, okay? This is the church of Jesus Christ, okay? But the person we respect with the most authority is the prophet, right? And I remember... I don't... I can't even explain it, okay? But the prophet was talking, okay? President Nelson. Sometimes I call him P. Nelly. I shouldn't, but I feel like we're going to be best friends in the next life. Don't worry about it. Um, but <laughs> he was talking, and I had this overwhelming feeling of something I had not felt in quite a long time. Um, in some of my teen years, I had gotten kind of big on meditation, and I would do these visualizations never guided, but just like in my mind when I was meditating, I would imagine, you know, like peaceful places, peaceful places that I could be. Um, and it would, and it would kind of clear the energy out of me, you know, it would just kind of reset me and make me feel like I was ready to whatever, think something through more thoroughly, you know, be more patient with myself, whatever it was that I was working on, whatever it was I was hoping for in that meditation, right? Because um, sometimes in the recovery community, what we're taught is you pray to ask a question and you meditate to wait for the answer, right? Well, unfortunately for me, when this happened to me, I had not really asked a question yet. I don't think, I don't think I'd really asked a question yet. I mean, sure. I ask God questions all day, every day in the back of my head, but there was no formal plan walking into this conference thing where I was like, I would like this, this, or this to happen. I would like to learn about this or this or that, or feel this or think this or hear this. Like there was no preconception there. I don't think that's the right word, but whatever. It just wasn't there. Okay. And I, I don't, I don't think the prophet spoke first, so I don't know how this happened. Maybe he did. I don't think he did, but here's the point. He was talking and all of a sudden I wasn't really listening. Okay. I was listening, but I wasn't listening. Okay. There was something inside of me that had shifted. Okay, there was this feeling, this reminder of kind of multiple things at once. Okay, because there was a time in my life when I was younger, where I had been living with some people who were religious. We'll explain that a totally other time as well. Okay, there was a later time in some of my early teens where I'd gotten involved in church in one of my own short, you know, fabulous mission trip, right? Um, where I was more connected with this concept of God, like actual God and not just the good orderly direction, you know, abbreviated acronym, G-O-D, good orderly direction, like actual God. And I was kind of comfortable with that. An actual time in my life where I could like understand this, this Jesus thing, right? <laughs> um, and it had been so long. It had been so long, right? Since I had felt that, that feeling of, connection that's so much deeper than words really describes like you will not live it until you live it right you will not know it until you've known it right 
and I felt this feeling and something inside me was like, remember, remember, remember. And I could remember the time when I was younger, when uh, some sermon or something had told me, uh, some pastor, whatever it was, okay, in the sermon, at some point it had been relayed to me that like, when you think about Jesus, Jesus is like your best friend, okay? Jesus should be your best friend. And I had remember that lost little girl somewhere inside me at some point, or maybe even more than one point, asking Jesus to be my best friend. And of course, the resounding answer was yes, right? It's the Savior we're talking about, okay? But enough, enough of that. The point was, it was so overwhelming. I was almost teary. I think I was teary. And he was out of this world. And I started listening again. I, I tuned back in. But at the same time, there was something inside me that feared that. I feared that. It was so foreign. It had been so long since I had felt that connection, that purpose, that freedom, that all of that. It, I shut the door, okay? There was a door that was shut, okay? And if you've never felt that either... I think I almost pray that you never do, okay? Because I eventually learned to call that feeling the spirit. I eventually started calling that, you know, a mind's eye experience. Mind, apostrophe S, like your mind's possessive of the eye, an inner eye, okay? And scriptures, sometimes they call it an eye of faith. And I think it's a little different than this mind's eye thing. Because I've only met maybe one other person who specifically on their own accord was calling it mind's eye um so if you have ever been there welcome to the club um and i'm going to tell you so many more of those stories down the road um so i hope this first mind's eye story i told you did it some justice it might not have okay so bear with me i have so much more to tell you okay the next weekend after that general conference, I attended sacrament meeting for the first time. And if you've never heard of a sacrament meeting, it's their version of just saying like, went to church, but you wouldn't, I mean, you might say went to church, but the whole point of going to church as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is to take your sacrament, take the sacrament, not your, anyway, take the sacrament, which is similar to the Catholic concept of communion, Minus the fact that they do it every week. We do it every week, guys. We take sacrament every week. Um, and what it is, is this, this concept of renewing a covenant that we make with the baptism. When you're baptized into the church and become a member, one of the things that you plan to now do is you take the sacrament, renewing that covenant. And it's not to say that, like, it's the same thing as being baptized or whatever, that you should take the sacrament instead of being properly baptized. Like, no... Um, and I'll dive into that some other time too. Um, but the gist is every week I show up to church and I take this time, this quiet time while everyone else is doing it as well, sacred time to think to myself and communicate with heavenly father and try to understand this concept of the savior and what sacrifice was truly made when the atonement occurred. Um, and I feel like I hadn't really heard the word atonement quite as much until I was in this church, but when we're talking about that, it's the crucifixion, right? When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, okay? That's where that comes from. Um, so at this sacrament meeting, right, um, 
it seemed kind of stiff, right? You know, I the churches I had been to in like my older years were like the cool churches, right? Okay, the pastors are tatted. There's a rock band singing our songs. Like everyone's having fun. We have lights. We have cameras. We have action. Like everything's boom, 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 boom. Stimulus, right? Um, and sacrament meetings, um, love them so much. But when you first experience a sacrament meeting, you might be, the word might be bored. Okay. Not because it's not great, but because there's not that same kind of worldly stimulus there. Okay. And sacrament meeting is this, you should hopefully be finding this piece, this other worldly piece. It's very different, um, there's not, there's just not that much stimulus. I mean, you're not even clapping or applauding for things, even great performances. You sing choral hymns like it's still 1980, you know, but not in an offensive way. I mean, it's just so different compared to other modern churches. Um, but still, for some reason, like I looked at all of this and it was, it was weird. Okay, it was weird, but it also felt so good. Um which is weird, okay? And I couldn't explain that. Um, and I still can't explain it now, but for some reason, there is this, this, I was, people have described it as I was just ready. I was ready to receive the gospel, and I did. Um, and it's complicated, and it doesn't always make sense depending on the way I explain it. So that's why, don't worry, you're gonna get plenty of other episodes me explaining it from different angles, okay? So that was the 10th of October. So just a little bit over a month after that first message, I've attended church for the first time, right? Four days after that. Well, that can't be right. Reread your dates, read. On the 24th of October in 2021, which was exactly two weeks after my first sacrament meeting, um, I had the honor of attending someone's baptism, okay? When you're baptized into a ward, I guess it depends on how a ward does it, um, but... Sometimes they announce it to everyone and everyone comes, other times they don't. For some reason, this one, this particular day, and I feel like this is the, actually the only time this ever happened to me. They're like, hey, Reed, you should come to this. And I'm like, what is this? Uh, usually, usually it's just different, right? Yeah. Usually they're a little bit more private. Usually I don't find out until like the... Anyway, but this, they're like, you should come. You should really meet this girl. You should come to this baptism, right? And I met her and she's nice. Uh, I still talk to her once in a blue moon. But um, I was at her baptism, which is so, can be so personal. So it was really fortunate to me that she was the kind of person that was so friendly and like really wanted me there for this. Because as a convert as well, like I'm sure she had some similar struggles to what I had. Maybe not the same degree, but I'm sure there could have been like a part of her that she chose to ignore that would have been like, yeah, no, there's enough people here. I don't even know you. I don't really care if you come or don't come. But no, like she talked to me um, and she really engaged me. So I really tried to pay attention because I, I didn't want to dishonor that kindness, right? Um, and somewhere in the midst of trying to pay attention to everything which is happening, which by the way, an LDS baptism, so much more to it than a baptism you've probably seen in any other church. Okay, it's not just a line of people that were just like, dunk, dunk, dunk dunk okay this is special this is planned you have picked your songs you have picked who's doing what this is this is you this is like all you okay it's 
so much more personal. It takes so much more planning. And there's so many more, I mean, the word is honestly requirements. Like a lot of other churches, you can be baptized. And the only requirement is that you, is that you say, you know, like that you love Jesus and you want to turn your life over to Jesus basically. But, or that you just want to turn it over to God. I don't think they always really emphasize the Jesus part. I think sometimes that gets lost. Okay. But in the, the, the church here, which everyone just calls it the church, um, the church, uh, which still bogs me sometimes, but I mean, it makes sense at the same time, which I'll explain that another day too. Um, the LDS church, you also have to actually commit to living a more godly life. You have to stop doing ungodly things like drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes. Like it can be rough. Okay. It can be rough for some, okay? You have to stop doing ungodly things like premarital, ooh, I haven't said the word in a while, premarital sex, right? Like, all that has to go. You stop dressing unmodestly. I mean, it's not, we're not too picky about it, but like, should you come to shorts? Should you come to church in a crop top and booty shorts? No, not if you're an actual member of the church. Like, that's a modesty thing. We don't do that. We don't play that, okay? We respect our bodies. There's so much to it. Okay. And I don't think even at this juncture that I knew exactly what I was about to get myself into, guys. Okay. We were in for a surprise. Okay. On the 24th of October, Reed is just minding her own business, sitting at this baptism, trying to fit in, also feeling like her body's on fire because she doesn't fit in very well. Um, and also feeling this amazing peace at the same time. Like it's so double-edged sword sometimes okay where I can feel so much joy and I can also feel so much opposition right I can feel so much success and feel like I'm failing everything that I was too right like you know there's this war inside of me trying to decide who I am who I'm not who I want to be and I forget which lyrics that song is from maybe I'll find it maybe I won't who I am who I'm not who I want to be anyway um Oh, you know what? I feel like it's the fray. Yeah. Lost somewhere along in the bitterness and I would have. <sighs> How to Save a Life by the fray. Good golly, I hope it's the fray. But anyways, moving on with it. Okay, I'm in this baptism, right? And I'm looking over, at some point I'm looking over at this portrait on the wall, right? And it's an envisioning of... Like, John the Baptist, if you know who that is, if you don't, we'll talk about some other time. John the Baptist baptizing Jesus, okay? And this never, I I think it slowly but surely has meant more to me over time, right? This concept of, like, even Jesus had to be baptized, okay? This person that we all exalt as, like, the pinnacle of, like, what a human could be, right? Like, God made Jesus so perfect. In some ways, I think possibly to prove to us that it could be done, right? But also someone perfect enough to complete the atonement, right? I don't know. So I get really confused sometimes with that. But the point is, I'm looking at this portrait and there's this other mind's eye thought that comes in my head, okay? And it wasn't as, quite as crazy as General Conference, the first General Conference, when I felt this spiritual earthquake, right? Like it was... It was different. It was smaller, but it was still very clear. It was very clear in my head. And it was like, basically like, why don't you want to be baptized? And I, and I, and my response to this weird 
thought is like, well, because I've already been baptized, right? I've been baptized in a church. I've seen a bunch of baptisms. I don't, I mean, now I've seen this one and I get that it's like super elaborate and whatever else, but actually I still didn't quite understand how elaborate the planning was yet. But the point is, like I could tell like it was definitely different, but still I'm like, eh, and like, no. Um, and this response from who knows where is basically like, it's just like taking the first step. It's taking the first step. Do you have a good reason to refuse to take the first step? And it's like, well, no, actually, I don't have a good reason to refuse taking the first step. So I guess we're taking it, question mark. And can you guys believe that um, we're through like one, two, three, four, five, six. We're in the middle of like the sixth bullet point. And I've already used up 30 minutes. I'm so sorry. But also, I'm not sorry because it's the point. I want to tell you more about my life. Okay? So, deciding to be baptized. Because there it was, guys. I didn't have... And it's not like anyone else was really bugging me about it. I mean, the missionaries had asked, like, are you interested? And I was like, yeah, kind of, not really... I'll see how I feel about it after I finish the Book of Mormon. Like, let me read the whole thing and see what this church is really about. Let me decide if that's, like, right or not or what. And here I am having this conversation in my head with, I don't know, other me, higher me, God, my guardian angel, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. I don't know where this conversation is coming from, right? I have them all the time now, so I'm just used to it. But at that point, it's like, well, pretty distinct, like... I'm gonna need you to uh, suck it up and get baptized because you don't have any good excuses. And I'm like, okay. And I think at that point, I didn't really say anything to the missionaries yet. And at this point, I'm being taught by the elders. I'm also being taught by some sisters. Like, I'm just really involved with a bunch of missionaries in this ward Um, because they're great kids. I still talk to, like, all of them. I don't know why I keep calling them kids. They're the best. I should stop calling them kids. Okay, but... um, Whatever, I'm at this point where it's like, I've decided to be baptized. What happens now? Okay. Um, and I think the first thing that happened was I knew that I was probably going to have to, like, set it up, right? Because, but when? Okay. What, I know that I'm doing it now. It's not about finishing the book, right? I know that I'm doing it now. But is it, am I ready to do it soon? Or is it going to be, like, a long time? Like, what what happens now, right? And for some reason, this evil little thought, which <laughs> I don't know if it was really that evil, okay? But it was basically like, uh, hey, God, <laughs> uh, if you're so sure, which is not really how this went, but it basically ended with, hey, God, um, uh, it'll be pretty obvious to me if all of them stay for the next transfer, because, you know, every, like, six weeks or so, they all switch places. I mean, not all of them, but, like, they move around in, like, a location area, a zone, um, or they might get transferred to, like, a whole different state, or if they've learned a different language, a whole different country. You don't really know what happens with the transfer. Um, but all these missionaries that I've grown fond of who've helped me understand more about this and have opened my eyes to the possibilities that could be mine if I continue to pursue things with this with this church um if they stay if they stay I'm gonna have to which it's not really have to right but it's like I'm just gonna have to you know twist my arm god twist my arm I'm just gonna have no choice but to get my baptism done soon because 
if I can get it done while they're still here, I know how much it would mean to them. And I don't know why I knew that, but for some reason I knew that it would mean a lot to them if if they had succeeded and I did decide to be baptized and if they were all able to be there for it. Um, and again, like these are not conversations that I had had with them. Okay. This is stuff that's just happening and evolving inside my mind. Something that's evolving inside my soul, right? Because a lot of people believe like your soul is a combination of your body and your mind. Okay. So this is me and me. This is my soul evolving in ways that I don't understand because at this point, I'm starting to ask God more deliberate questions, okay? But I still don't understand the gravity of the fact that I'm having this connection, right? Like I'm so distracted and confused that I'm missing this happening, okay? This is this is hindsight you're hearing, okay? Because in the moment, guys, this was confusing and terrifying and hard, okay? But in hindsight, it was the most beautiful progression of things that could have ever happened in my life, right? Okay? So on the 28th of October, a whopping four days later, transfers rolled in, right? <clears throat> and none of them left, okay? It's not that I wanted them to leave, but I don't think I really understood what would happen if they stayed, okay? <laughs> but um, I think just one of them got switched, but he got moved up. So he moved up, which is kind of like, you know, like different people take more leadership roles. So he actually just gained a leadership role. And even though he wasn't going to stay like with us in the same capacity, he was just leading us instead. So he was still there. And it's like, God, I feel like that's kind of cheating. So I really wanted to weasel out of it. Right. I'm like, God, I feel like that's kind of cheating. So uh, maybe it doesn't count. Like, uh, what is this? Um, and unfortunately, I got the resounding answer somewhere inside myself that they had all stayed. Had they stayed in the same capacity I had expected them to? Of course not. But at the end of the day, they all stayed. And whether or not that was really a bet or not, I started referring to it as the bet. You know, I lost a bet with God and that's why I got baptized, <laughs> which is funny. Um, it does make it sound less sacred than it is. So I uh, apologize for any offense, but it's true. And it's what it's the laughter in my heart that makes me feel like God doesn't mind me saying that. Even if it's not true, like maybe God didn't deliberately, but then again, God does not does nothing by mistake, right? But still, anyways, I could dive into that so hard. But the point is, I threw it into the universe, right? And the universe threw it right back at me. And I was like, ooh, boomerang, what now? So I told him, I told him, I told him I was going to be baptized. And I don't know if I told him about the bet right away, but... I think I did, um, even though it wasn't an official bet. It wasn't like, God, triple dog dare you to, like, no. But it was like, there was this distinct thing in me. It was like, hey, if this happens, then I think that it'll mean this for me, and this is what I'll do. And call it fate, call it God, call it whatever you want. That's what happened. And so now I have to hold on my end of the bargain, right? At this point, guys, I don't think I really have started understanding what all the requirements for baptism are right um and i'm about to find out <laughs> okay so a week later a week and some change later okay so uh the following friday so just a little bit over a week later um i had a meeting with the sister missionaries um and they went because they had sent me a list of the baptismal requirements and i think i didn't quite 
understand them as well as I should have, which is fine because it was so new and it's a pretty long list, which maybe I'll talk to you about that sometimes. Maybe I won't. I mean, if you really want to learn about it, I'm I'm pretty sure that President Nelson actually himself like declared to the world in one of his talks, like listed it all out for you. Like these are the things that are required for baptism. Okay. Uh, it's a pretty lengthy list compared to what any other church asks of you. Right. Um, so in doing that, in having this meeting with them, uh, we're hashing out the last few details and I'll tell you in all honesty, the one I was clinging to for desperate life was smoking. Okay. I had managed to stop smoking cigarettes. Um, I was just vaping, which is, which was amazing in and of itself. Okay. Cause that was a hard transition and I had tried it many times over the years and I had failed. I'd always ended up smoking cigarettes again. Okay. But this time I succeeded. I was just on vape. Okay. Which still isn't good enough. Right. Which good enough is a really dirty phrase. Okay. But even, even the phrase that they use for it sounds dirtier. Okay. The phrase that we use in the church for it is like, I wasn't worthy. Okay. And that hurt like hard. Okay. And I remember me and one of the sisters went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for probably at least five minutes. And you know how intense like five minutes of back and forth with someone is like, it's a lot where she's like, it's not about that kind of worthy. It's that this is what we do. Like, it's not, and it's not that God doesn't love you, but that, I don't think she said that, but that's what I was fearing. I was fearing that this was them saying that if I couldn't make the cut, if I couldn't figure out how to do all of these things, that God didn't love me, that God didn't love me enough to want me in his church, in this church, in this church that we believe is his church, that is the truest church. Not that there's no truth in other church churches, right? But that there's things that we believe in this church that are why we call it his church, why we call it the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that I will get into with you sometimes. I promise you that I will get into some of that. Okay. Cause it's, it's what made the difference for me eventually, but to circle it back, I now have this fear that if I cannot meet all of these expectations, that it's be, that I was wrong. I was wrong about these people. I was wrong about this church. I was wrong about God as I'm coming to understand him. That I have just wasted two months, which <laughs> I've wasted way more months on other things of my life. I've wasted this time and this energy trying to be something that I don't think I really am for what? It was hard. And thank goodness that this sister missionary, guys, she's one of the strongest ladies I know, okay? She's probably about as tough as I am, even though she handles it so differently. Okay, she's so much nicer than I am. <laughs> but she's so strong because other people would have stopped. They would have probably just dropped it. They would have been like, whatever. Okay, but she didn't drop it. She didn't quit. Okay. And I remember there was this, finally there was this quiet. Like, I definitely was the one I think who gave up because I just couldn't find any other way to ask her this question. Because I wasn't going to ask it out loud. I wasn't going to ask her out loud if God loved me. I wasn't going to ask her out loud if she was trying to deliberately tell me that God doesn't love me, right? I think I might have said something close to it, which is like, you're trying to say I'm not good enough, etc. Which, that's not what I said, but I think I said something close to it. Um, but somehow, at the end of this, it was just so... 
it was like a resignation, guys. And I don't give up fights. I don't. I'm a pit bull, okay? And I don't forgive easy. And I don't drop things. It's not what I do. I'm a dog with a bone once I've got some topic in my head, right? But for some reason, this, this, at the end of this, boom, 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 back and forth, which literally I should have been at work, but instead I'd taken the day off to come have this fight with them, which it wasn't really a fight, but it was kind of a fight. (laughs) The point is, I needed it. I needed it. I wasn't sure what I needed and I wasn't even sure what I got. Let me say that again. I wasn't sure what I needed and I wasn't even sure what I got, but I needed it. God knew what I needed that day. And what I needed was to stop being afraid. Stop being so afraid because it's just not, it's not the God that I know. It's not. I don't need to be afraid. Am I afraid sometimes? Yes. Do I need to be afraid though? No. By the way, we've used almost 40 minutes and I think I want to cut this off at 45. So we're definitely not getting through the other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight points. Okay. I'm going to close my outline right now. We're going to deal with that another day. Okay. In these last three minutes and some change, I want to address to you that I think what I needed was to feel some of that fear lift for the first time, maybe ever. Okay. I think I maybe had less of it when I was really little, but most of my life was all fear, guys. It was all fear, all that anger, all that nonsense, all that facade, all that need to push, all that need to be in charge, that need to learn, that need to do things better, faster, be stronger than anyone else, guys. It's all fear. It's all fear. And for the first time, And I don't know how long some of it lifted because next thing that came out of my mouth and before I said it, I knew that they were going to be very confused. And I think I got some kind of evil joy out of it. The next thing that came out of my mouth was okay, set the date for December 4th. I don't know if that's verbatim, but that was what it is. Set the date, right? It's set. It's done. This is what I want to do. Which after having this conversation back and forth, back and forth, it reads like, I'm not going to follow these commandments. I'm not going to do that. It doesn't make sense. That's not the God I know. I think you're telling me a lie, basically. To all of a sudden, a snap of a finger. And I say, okay, I'm going to do that. Their minds were blown. In their words, they were shook. (laughs) Okay? Because I absolutely meant it. And once I said it again, I think they made me repeat it at least once. Once I said it again, they knew that I meant it, okay? That I didn't know how or when, and they had explained to me how long I had to be off of the nicotine before I could be baptized and et cetera. Um, I knew, I knew that I was going to get it done somehow, okay? That it was just done, that that basically God had decided that it was time for me to be baptized and that God was going to make sure that I got baptized. I just trusted that. I just trusted that God was going to make that happen, that I didn't need to worry about it, that it was done. It was decided. This is where I get the line from, and you're going to hear about a lot th- about this a lot. Sorry about that stumber. stumber? <laughs> a lot in the next episode, you're going to hear about me saying, sometimes I just do what I'm told. Um, because sometimes I just do what I'm told. Sometimes when I feel like there's... This thing I could do better or different. There's this place I should be. 
there's these people I should meet, there's these people I should help, there's this thing I should say when I sense something on someone else's mind. Sometimes I just do what I'm told. And my life has been a wild ride since that part of me regained its power. So if you're still listening, almost 45 minutes later, thank you. So what do you think now? Would you believe me if I told you I'm a member of the Jesus? That's not how I wanted to say that. (laughs) What do you think now? Would you believe me if I told you that I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.